In this episode, Nare, an ex-BCG coach and one of the fantastic members of the management consultant team, walks a candidate, Pascal, through a BCG case. She walks through the case at the beginning and then masterfully unpacks the insights at the end of the session. It's an incredible learning experience for anyone who's interested in BCG or another top firm. Enjoy. So Pascal, our client is SimpleSwipe. They are a credit and debit processor. They provide outsourced services to credit and debit card issuers. The issuer pays a percentage of transaction fees to SimpleSwipe for providing the following services credit authorization, fraud detection, accounting, and reporting. Issuers outsource this type of function because of the high cost of maintaining their own IT systems to perform the function. Our client, SimpleSwipe, currently serves 10 of the top 20 issuers in the country, and they comprise about 90% of the entire credit card market. The 10 of the 20 that are not our customers either use our competition or they perform this function in-house. The number of credit card transactions is growing at about 4% annually. We earn a percentage of the transaction fee on every transaction, and that's how we primarily make money. And SimpleSwipe has enjoyed double-digit growth um, over the last decade, and they're coming to us to see how they can continue enjoying this type of growth for the next decade. Great. Um, thank you so much uh, for, for the fact. So I am personally a big user of credit cards on a daily basis. So I'm very excited to work on this case. Um, so I just want to make sure I get the case facts right here. So our client is Simple Swipe, which is a credit and debit card process, processor. And the main clients are uh, some of the credit card issuers in our country. Uh, sounds like the business has uh, three main business lines. So credit uh, credit card authorization, fraud detection, as well as accounting reporting uh, uh, services for some of these uh, credit card issuers. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like uh, our client is a pretty big player uh, in the credit card industry, serving you know ten out of the twenty uh, top uh, credit card issuers uh, in the market, uh, which accounts for about ninety percent of the credit card market. Uh, and uh, looks like the market overall has been doing pretty well, uh, growing at about four percent uh, on an annual basis. Uh, and the business model really is to get a percentage of the transaction fee that gets approved. Uh, for all of these credit card transactions. Um, so um, our client uh, is, has experienced double-digit growth uh, from the last te- decades. And the question really here is for us to how, how do we sustain that growth uh, going forward? Does it sound about right? Sounds great. Um, okay, if I ask a couple of clarifying questions regarding the objective of our clients here. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure. Uh, so it uh, looks like we've been doing pretty well in the last decade or so. Does our client have a specific metric uh, that they're trying to hit, whether it's top line, bottom line, where what, what is the timeline that they want to achieve that? Yeah, I think we're, we're going to focus primarily on revenue here. And uh, it, it is, again, how do we keep up double digit revenue growth? Okay, so uh, we want to achieve. Uh, we want to keep the double-digit revenue growth. Uh, and uh, is there so? So there's no uh, sort of the timeline that that they're working with. Uh, is there what's the sort of the? Um, I think the, you know they they like the fact that I, I would say a decade is really what they came to us with. Um, we they're coming to us to see if they can sustain that. Um, but you know they've enjoyed double-digit revenue growth for the last decade, and they want to keep it up again for the next decade. Next decade, got it. Great. Uh, and uh, is there any sort of uh, budgetary restraints or any uh, anything else that we need to be, be mindful of uh, as we go into uh, analyzing this? Uh, nothing, you know, super pertinent to them. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I think I have what I need for now. Okay, if I take a quick minute to write on some thoughts. Of course. Thank you. We'll be right back after this quick message. 
One of the biggest challenges with interview preparation for consulting is knowing what you don't know. And the best way to figure that out is to work with an expert coach. You can work with someone on our team for just one session where they can give you ideas for where you can build your prep, or you can work with them for eight or more sessions to make sure that you're 100% ready for interview day. Check it out at managementconsulted.com. Great. Um, so in thinking about continuing the double-digit growth uh, in revenue, primarily I have the two uh, areas I want to look into. One is uh, the organic or internal uh, factors, uh, and then the other one is the external or inorganic factors that, that we can potentially consider. So in, 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 in the organic factors, uh, primarily we know the revenue is the function of price times quantity. So I wonder if there's ways to uh, improve either price or quantities or both. Uh, so under price, I wonder if it's possible to do some contract negoti- renegotiation with some the major credit card issues that we're currently servicing to extract perhaps a higher, perhaps a higher percentage of the credit card transaction fees um, that we're getting. Um, also, uh, if it's possible to, pr- uh, to provide some uh, premium services uh, that charges a higher part price point. Uh, we know that uh, we're currently uh, providing you know, fraud detections, uh, accounting reporting, things like that. Um, so I wonder if there's a, it's possible to extract a higher price point um, you know, from, from any of those services. Um, and from a quantity perspective, uh, the ways to increase quantity would be to uh, improve uh, sales and marketing. I wonder uh, if it's possible to reach a broader base of customers uh, from, from sales and marketing efforts. Is it possible to do uh, some promotions uh, just to, uh, from a quantity perspective, to get more of the issuers on board? Or if it's possible to... Um, to get into uh, more of the credit card processing industries uh, that, or industries that's not currently being covered, uh, such as uh, you know more more cash based, uh, perhaps you know transaction type uh, or or through uh, the other online alternative that don't involve credit cards. If we can capture some of those markets um, to increase our in, in, improve our quantities uh, of the customers that we serve, that'd be great. And the second bucket is really the inor- inorganic buckets. Here uh, I'm thinking uh, if it's possible to do uh, some some merchants acquisitions activities. I know our clients is one of the biggest players. It sounds like in the marketplace I, there's got to be you know other competitors. Maybe they're a little bit smaller. It might make sense to acquire you know those players to just increase increase our overall customer base and increase our market coverage. I uh, also wonder if it's possible to do some partnerships, um, you know, with some of the other players um, in, in thinking about incre- increasing uh, our exposure to, um, to the overall credit card processing uh, market there. Uh, and, and finally, I wonder if it's possible to start uh, some additional business lines. Um, uh, you know, uh, to sort of capture more uh, either a critical processing or some of the more auxiliary uh, business lines that could potentially add to our top line revenue there. So those are uh, some of the thoughts that I have. Um, and the hypothesis here really would be, you know, to the extent that we can increase uh, either price or quantity from our existing business, uh, or we can, you know, come up with some uh, inorganic options uh, to in- improve the overall capture of the, the critical processing market, we will be able to sustain that double-digit growth you know, going forward. Um, so I guess, you know, to start us off, uh, I would like to look into uh, sort of the inorganic the organic or internal buckets has our clients perhaps looked into some of the options to increase either price or quantities, um, you know, going forward. Great. So just some questions on that. Um, I know you mentioned mm-hmm. in the uh, quantity portion, you wanted to look at some uh, different revenue streams. How is that different? Uh, and you wanted to look at verticals. Uh, how is that different than the inorganic growth option that you had um, in, in the second, in the third or fourth bucket? 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so here in in looking at the verticals, uh, so in the organic buckets, primarily want to focus on existing verticals. So that would be the the credit card authorization, uh, the fraud detection, as well as the accounting and reporting services that our clients currently producing. Uh, so uh, to the extent that we increase uh, the exposure or the quantity of subscribers, you know, to those services, I think that'd be really great. Uh, mm. In terms of so you mean in terms buckets, of uh, growing in terms of our existing services, growing the customers. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay, going okay. the quantity of that. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, and 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 in the inorganic buckets, I was thinking about you know coming up with additional service lines or business lines that are not currently in those mm-hmm. um, three three buckets. Uh, so so there, I wonder uh, any any sort of the uh, perhaps you know uh, the consumer financing services or you know uh, for for to break down the bulk purchasing or anything or, or sort of the fintech services that could be auxiliary to yeah. the overall you know That's interesting. processing. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, what are some services that you think we could offer that um, you know would be easy to, for us to tap into? Yeah. Um, so, um, okay, if I take a quick moment on this one, I just uh, brainstorming off the top of your head. Yeah. 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 Happy to. Uh, so, thinking about the commercial or the the, the consumer products that we are um, using. Uh, uh, perhaps on our cell phones, I think, you know, something like a Vemo where, you know, you don't really touch the credit card, uh, but, you know, uh, offers a lot of the online financial transaction processing services. That could be something that would, to, that, that would be good to look into. Also, uh, from a consumer perspective uh, or consumer financial perspective, uh, for uh, if you want to buy a big ticket item, uh, you can offer maybe uh, consumer credit uh, for some of those uh, big uh, bulk purchases. Uh, I, I know uh, one of the companies... Um, uh, a firm that just went went public, uh, you know, recently. That's you know one of the companies that that deals with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I think also maybe from peer to peer lending perspective, you know, because you know credit card processing ultimately relates to financial transactions and services to the extent that we can you know facilitate some of the IT infrastructure for people to lend money to each other more easily. That could be something that to look into as well. Cool, that's interesting. So um, I guess in terms of looking at new verticals, what are some criteria that you would use? Uh, is there um, you know, if I was to come up with a chart and ask you, you know, there's a couple different options. What are some criteria that you would use to uh, to determine if this is a low hanging fruit item for us or not? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. If I take a quick moment, just we're just we're just let's just talk. Oh, well, we're just brainstorming. Okay, yeah, okay. we're just brainstorming cool. here. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, I think uh, so. For the criteria, uh, Probably, I'm thinking of uh, you know bucketing into internal external criteria. So external mm-hmm. criteria, uh, I think it'd be really good to look into sort of the industry growth uh, size, uh, size growth and trends uh, to see you know if we're talking about consumer consumer credit, it'd be interesting to know you know how how big the the, the overall industry has grown you know mm-hmm. the past years, how fast it has grown, and what sort of the market penetration. Uh, as well as who are the key players, I think in that market, I think that would be interesting for us to know. Mm-hmm. Um, from internal perspective, we good to see you know what's uh, the typical margin uh, for these type of businesses are, uh, you know how fast uh, are we able to grow, um, you know our subscriber, you know from in- internally, you know over the past years, and maybe look at some of the metrics from our competitors to see how fast they were able to grow, uh, you know the subscriber base, uh, things like that. Um, so okay. Those two buckets we can probably do analyze that. Okay. So I guess if I asked you, um, if we were going to look at our customer verticals, because I think we're talking about verticals here, um, mm-hmm. would it make sense to target customers that we already have and, you know, see if we can sell follow on services to them? Um, is that something that would be a good idea? Yeah. Um, so in looking at uh, whether or not it makes sense to selling, uh, you know, follow on services to the customers would be interesting. 
um, to see uh, what's uh, what's the current uh, you know spend uh, for for a customer you know on, on mm-hmm. a per customer basis. I wonder if there's uh, a lot of room to, to grow. Uh, what's uh, our wallet share uh, for for these customers as well as you know what are some of the ways that we can potentially think about improving uh, those wallet shares? So mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, selling follow on uh, I think to the extent that is uh, you know strong value add. Um, that that is uh, you know uh, relevant to you know what the customers are currently spending on in which case you know or in our uh, or in our clients case uh, it's credit card processing and fraud detection uh, so maybe something like you know credit monitoring or, or things that could be really relevant um, to what we're already providing I think those are uh, potential ways to sort of incre- increase that. Great. Um, so we've actually been thinking about a couple different ways to make revenue, and one option is that we could license our software as an additional revenue stream, um, in addition to being the outsourced processor. So in this case, um, the issuer that we would sell it to would license our software and process the transactions in-house. And so instead of taking a transaction fee, we would take an upfront license fee as well as an ongoing maintenance fee. Um, if we were to consider this option, what are some things that we should take into consideration? Great. Uh, okay, if I take a quick moment on this one. Yeah, quick second. Okay. Great. Um, so, so uh, two two key things to consider here uh, really would be that within economics, we want to look into both the revenue and cost. So, in the revenue, mm-hmm. obviously, we get the upfront license fee and maintenance fees. I wonder, you know, how that would compare um, if we were to do um, some of those uh, uh, transactions and processing for the, for the target customers. Um, so, I think one key thing to look into it would be cannibalization. You know, because people are switching over to the licensed product, they won't be, you know, requiring our service to do it for them anymore. So, I wonder, you know, what the, the bottom line impact is. Mm-hmm. Uh, will be uh, for that, uh, and then from a cost pers- so so that's a revenue perspective. From from a cost perspective, uh, I think uh, this you know will have you know less reliance on our you know current uh, digital processing infrastructure, so uh, cost mm-hmm. might be a little bit lower for us. Uh, so the intuition here, you know, this you know the doing a licensing deal rather than sort of a processing transaction type deal uh, will be a higher margin business for us. Uh, so it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to to sort of look into that and see if that actually puts out. Yeah, so funny enough, we actually did a little bit of a study. And so what we found out is that if we actually go with this type of model, 50% of our existing customers would switch to this model. So it would actually result in some cannibalization. 50% of our existing customers would switch over. Um, So that's about five issuers. We have 10 total. And out of the 10 remaining that are not our customers, half of them would switch over um, and come to our company with us. Um, and so the revenue provided in this, uh, the outsourced processing of our old model is $2 million. Uh, the upfront licensing fee moving forward with this new model would be uh, $4 million upfront, as well as a $400,000 annual maintenance fee. Great. Um, so I uh, just want to make sure I capture uh, the information correctly. So um, so out of the, the 10 uh, customers that we're currently servicing, 50% uh, of those 10 will be switching over um, to the new model uh, or mm-hmm. the license model. And out of the uh, um, the, the 10, uh, out, of, out of the 10 that are currently not customers, 50% of those uh, will switch over and come to us uh, under the new model. Uh, mm-hmm. Does this sound about right? 
That sounds about right. Yeah. And um, I guess uh, our, our client is really excited about this possibility. Um, and, you know, considering the 10, 10 years, uh, let's just let's just see what it would be like on a three to five year scale. You know, calculate both. OK, um, great. Uh, so I think uh, what will make sense for me to do is go ahead and calculate um, what uh, what the revenue uh, would be uh, for under the old model, you know, before the switch of our of our customer base and what the uh, the numbers will look like after uh, some of the customers uh, switch over to the new model, as well as uh, the acquisition of the new customers under the new models. If that sounds good with you, sounds great. Okay. Um, so we know that uh, we under the old model we had that ten hundred twenty customers. So that's ten customers um, on an annual basis. Uh, our revenue from these customers would be two million ahead. Uh, so that comes out to twenty million um, in total revenue on an annual basis. Mm -hmm. um, and then under the new model, um, we have um, so five um, five customers will remain under the old system. So five times two million. So that's ten million in annual revenue. Um, and then uh, five of those will come under the new system. So that would be um, five times um, four millions uh, in upfront, uh, which is 20 millions in upfront uh, subscription fee plus the $40,000 um, annually um, uh, going forward. And finally, we have that 50% of the non-customers. So in this case, will be five additional customers. Uh, they're switching over and coming to us under the new um, new model. So that's another uh, $20 million in upfront fee plus uh, another $400,000 um, going forward. Um, so uh, under the old model, we have a total uh, annual revenue of $20 million. Uh, and under the new model, we have a total revenue of uh, $10 million from the uh, old customers who are not switching over, $20 million from the old customers who are switching over, as well as uh, twenty. Um, from the uh, customer who weren't customers before. So that's a total of $50 million in revenue um, plus uh, $800,000 um, in annual revenue uh, in maintenance fees going forward. So that would translate to on a three to five year scale, um, 800K times three. So that would be 2.4 million. Okay, 2.4 million and then 800 times five. So that would be about $4 million or so. So in the next three to five years, we can expect um, to have a total revenue of um, 50 million. Can you tell me the, uh, so uh, just so um, I'm following along. So can you tell me what it would be in year three as well as year five individually? Yep. Uh, so in year three, uh, we mm -hmm. have uh, the annual maintenance fee uh, of eight hundred thousand uh, dollars times three, uh, which is two point four million. Mm -hmm. um, and in year five, we have uh, the maintenance fees of eight hundred thousand dollars times five, which is four million. Annual maintenance. So, um, so the annual maintenance fee is oh, four hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so that that's right. Um, Sorry, so let's just take it a step uh, back for a second and um, let's okay. just go back to three to five years. Uh, so again, um, under the old model, they're making two million dollars per customer under the new model. Half of them are still staying with the old model under the new model. They're going to gain half of them are switching. They're going to take half of their competitors and mm -hmm. up front, they're going to pay four million dollars. And then annually, they're going to pay four hundred thousand dollars. Yep. That's right. So mm -hmm. 
Um, so, so, so what that means is uh, upfront we'll collect a total of fifteen million dollars um, under the new model. So that's calculated mm-hmm. uh, as the ten million dollars from the customers who aren't switching over. Um, you know, that's a five uh, five cust- five old customers times two million dollars up um, uh, upfront. Oh, sorry. Sorry. So oh, I just this, I just to realized. make this easier. Um, to make this yeah. easier, can we do? Uh, what the revenue would be under the old model in year three, what it would be under the new model in year three, what the revenue would be under five, what it would be on, you know, under the old model, what would it be um, in five years under the new model? So we can get a, yes. so we can get a direct comparison of what's going on here. Sure. Um, great. Sounds good. Um, Great. So in year three, so uh, so under the old model in year three, we have the 10 customers uh, that we started out with, uh, with mm-hmm. the $2 million uh, per year. So in year three, uh, we can expect to be getting, um, so, so, the, so, so, the, so the $2 million is annual revenue. So it's 10 customers times 20. So the $20 million doesn't change uh, for year three and year five. Right. But what's the number? <laughs> What, uh, what so is my revenue if I, if I, if I, I'm sorry? Uh, so that would be 10 customers times $2 million annually. So that would be $20 million. In year three? In both year three. Um, I'm, I'm asking for, say, so I guess what I'm asking you for is um, we want to sustain um, double digit growth. And so we're looking at two options. Um, what's the total revenue? Because uh, I guess let me ask you a question. Um, what is what is a big difference between these two different types of revenue models that we're that we're going to go with? Yep. Um, so, to my understanding, uh, I think the old rev- under the old revenue model, we have an annual fee of uh, two million dollars per head charged to each customers. Uh, whereas uh, under the new model, the customer will pay an upfront fee, so that's a one-time fee that's paid, uh, you know, four million dollars mm-hmm. per head. Uh, but going forward, we only get four hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. right. So, yeah, that sounds right. Um, so what are hmm. the what are some pitfalls or things that we should keep into consideration whenever we have such a big upfront fee and then, you know, smaller uh, licensing fees? If we're thinking about long term growth. Yeah. Um, so so that so, so, so the key thing to look out for is that uh, your cash flow uh, in, in the future years, when you don't get the light, uh, upfront fee, uh, would be a lot smaller. So uh, I think customer acquisition in those following years will be important. Um, so do we have any assumptions reg- with regards to sort of the customer growth uh, in, in the future years? No, that's something that we would definitely have to take into consideration, which is why we're, we want to look at the numbers overall, you know, um, because... Uh, Understanding that, you know, in the old model, uh, we are getting the same amount of money per year. Um, and so one thing is that it would it looks pretty good in, you know, in, in years, 10 years, say. But under the new model, we're getting four million up front. Say we switch and in year one, every other customer is like, oh, that's a great idea. We want to go with Simple Swipe. They're there. You know, we like this model better. We like the upfront licensing fee and then the ongoing fee. Um, it's a model that, you know, like, you know, SAS services are all using now. So, um, you know, we're used to it. We want to do this type of model. Um, and, you know, simple swipe, uh, the CFO gets super excited. You know, look how much money we got up front. 
Um, but our job as consultants coming in is to go, well, you want double digit revenue growth over the next 10 years. So long-term because simple swipe doesn't plan on, you know, selling its business. Um, it doesn't plan on making a lot of revenue and then leaving. They want to stay in business for the next 10, 20, 30 years. So, um, your job is to determine, is this a good idea long-term? Um, not only just in year one, um, but overall, what's the revenue if we change this business model? So I'd like you to calculate the total revenue that we would get after three years in the old plan, the total revenue that we would get from, you know, the minute we start this to the minute we um, hit year three and then the minute we start to the year five. Does that make more sense? Yeah, yeah. So not on like a per year basis, but like exactly. overall from year one overall, through year three. Yeah. Understood. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's what the confusion was lied. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and run those number now. Um, thank, thanks so much for the clarification here. So um, I think so from year one through year three under the old model, uh, we have um, 10 customers times $2 million per year. So that's $20 million per year. So in three years uh, from year one to year three, so we're looking at $60 million. Mm -hmm. uh, under the old model and for five years. So that will be 20 millions times five years. So that will be $100 million uh, over five years. Mm -hmm. And then under the new model, uh, we have, uh, so from year one to year three, we know year one, we're getting um, a total of 50 million um, as previously calculated. Uh, and we have the $800,000 $800, per year going forward times three. So that's, um, um, so that's two and a half. So that's, Two and a half million dollars, two point four uh, million dollars going forwards for so for from year one to year three, we can expect to get fifty two point four uh, million. Is that is that all? Because uh, uh, under the new model, uh, so in year th so under the new model, um, half our customers oh, are yes. staying with the old model. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I see that uh, <laughs> made, made an error there. Um, so under the yeah, so. We have we have two groups of customers uh, under the the new model, so that would be ten million dollars per year times three, so that's thirty millions under the people who are staying on the old model, um, plus um, a one time so, fee of. of um, Pascal, so um, under the under the we're talking about the new model, right? Mm -hmm. So under the yeah. old model, um, just so you know, we're on the same page. Under the old model, how many customers do we have? Under the old model, we had 10 customers. Right. Um, and so uh, if we switch over to the new plan, half of our old customers would switch over to this new plan. So cannibalization, yes. like you said, did occur. Right. Um, so, so, uh, so so that means there, we have five, five customers who are remaining under the, the old plan. Right. Mm -hmm. So what yeah, would that so revenue those... be if they stayed under the old, the, the new under the new plan, um, the old revenue model, how much would it generate from um, the ca so customers that, that didn't would, leave? So, so, so the five customers that remain under the old plan, so that would be $10 million uh, per year. Is that, mm -hmm. is that right? Yeah. And yeah. in three so, years? Um, so that's $30 million. Okay. Um, and so let's calculate the revenue that we would get under the... Um, the upfront licensing fee, as well as the ongoing subscription for the five customers that switched over, as well as the five customers that um, we would steal from our competitors. Yep. Uh, so that's a total of 10, 10 customers uh, times four, $4 million per head. So that's uh, a total of $40 million collected in year one uh, for the upfront license fee. Mm -hmm. 
um, plus uh, eight hundred thousand. So for us, eight, so four hundred thousand um, dollars per year um, at three years. Yep. So four hundred thousand dollars per year. Uh, times three years times uh, ten customers total. So that's twelve million. Is it twelve million? Uh, over over three years. Um, sorry. So this would be. So we have ten customers total. So five customers that switch over from the ten um, that were old, uh, as well as five customers that were newly acquired. So each customer would provide uh, four hundred thousand dollars a year mm -hmm. uh, in the maintenance fee, uh, and there are ten total customers. So um, on an annual basis, this would be four million dollars, um, four million dollars in annual maintenance fee uh, uh, across the ten customers, and then over mm -hmm. three years, four times three is twelve million dollars. Okay, just making sure. Okay, <laughs> great, um, great. So. We have the 30 million um, from from the customer that didn't switch, um, 40 million from the upfront fee, and then 12 million that's collected over the three years. So that is a total of $82 million, um, which mm -hmm. is a lot more than sort of the $52.4 million that we had previously calculated for year one through three. Mm -hmm. So what, then, about happens, uh, what happens in year five? Yep, um, so for year five, the number looks like uh, this would be, um, um, so this would be 20, so, okay. Sorry, so this would be uh, 20 million times, uh, sorry, uh, I think I'm confusing myself, uh, the, the numbers a little bit. Uh, so oh yeah, year five, so under the old system, the year five would have generated a hundred million dollars in revenue with the $20, $20 million per, mm -hmm. um, per, yep, um, per year uh, times five, so that's 100 million. And, uh, and then for, and then for the, the customers that didn't switch over, so that would look like five times, um, so that's 10 million, 10 million times five, so that's, Um, 50 million and then for the customers that 20 million for the customers that did switch over so that would be uh, 40 million uh, so if the 40 million upfront would not change mm -hmm. um, plus the 40 uh, for the 400k times uh, per year times five times 10, so that would be, so that's 20 million. So that's uh, just 20 million. Um, so mm -hmm. for a total of um, 16 million times fit plus 50 million, um, so that's the 110 million, mm -hmm. which is higher than the 100 millions that we have previously calculated. Mm -hmm. Is there um, a difference that you see though? Yeah, so it looks like uh, for year three, there's a differential of uh, 22 million, so comparing the 82 million and the 60 million. Uh, but from year five, um, the, the differential has lowered uh, mm -hmm. from uh, to 110 million over 100 million. I think uh, the reason for that is, you know, uh, again, we're collecting most of the money up front. Uh, so going forward, this could be 
um, something actually is not very beneficial. I, our goal is to to do the double digit. Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. Could you tell me uh, what the what um, it would be if our you know if our goal is a decade? Um, what what would happen in year ten? Yeah. Uh, so just uh, running the numbers a little bit longer. So it looks like year ten. Uh, we can expect uh, 20 million. So uh, over 10 years, horizon 10 years, we can collect uh, 200 million dollars. Um, but um, under the under the old system, under the new system, we can expect to collect so 10 times 10 uh, equals 100 million. The rest will be 40 million plus um, 40 400 times 5 times 10 times 10. So that's so that's another 40 million, so that's 80 million. So uh, for a total of 180 million, so that will actually be collecting 20 million less than if we hadn't switched uh, to, the old, to the old system. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, this was, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, uh, so this is interesting. I think uh, what the what the numbers are telling us is that it wouldn't be good to to actually switch over if our goal is to increase our revenue and actually keep it increasing in double digit over the ten years. Mm -hmm. Given that under the old system, we can actually expect to extract more revenue uh, from our customers mm -hmm. uh, compared to the old. Yeah. Say, um, so, um, yeah, so, say otherwise. Let's say otherwise. Um, you know, we would stick with the same customer. Say this is a pretty, um, you know, stagnant market. It's not growing. Um, if we kept the old system, we would keep the same customers over the next decade. Under this new model, um, what are some what are some benefits to this new model that you might be thinking of? Say, um, say our um, you know our head of product innovation is super excited about this idea, and he came to you directly, and he really wants you to make this work. What are some things that you could think about that might be able to help us out over the next decade? Yeah, uh, is it okay if I take a quick minute on this one? He's he's in front of you right now. He's heartbroken. Heartbroken. You know, yeah. in ten years, yeah, he's going to make less money. You got to yeah, give him some yeah, ideas okay. right now. Awesome. Yeah, let's take a crack at it. So I think uh, you know, looking at the numbers, uh, a couple of the, the the assumptions and numbers that we look that we use in our calculations. I wonder if there's any flexibility there. So you know, we can start with uh, sort of the. Um, the uh, the four million dollars in upfront fee, as well as the four hundred thousand dollars in, in ongoing fees. I wonder, you know, one is it possible to sort of break down uh, the four million dollars in upfront fees and just you know have uh, have that instead of the one time thing. Uh, we can sort of you know collect a subscription fee on an annual basis going forward. Uh, additionally, I wonder if it's, there are ways to increase uh, perhaps the four hundred thousand uh, dollars in annual maintenance fees. Uh, you know, uh, I wonder if it's able, we're able to sort of provide value add services to, to make the number a little bit higher, uh, or just negotiate with the credit card issuers uh, to to extract a higher number from from these people. Mm -hmm. um, and additionally, going yeah, no go no please. Yeah, yeah, and and additionally, I also like the fact that we're acquiring new customers. So I wonder, uh, you know, if it's possible to sell other uh, value add services, add-on services to these customers uh, that weren't in our uh, in our portfolio before, and extract additional economics from them as well. Yeah, that's super interesting. So um, our client is actually ready for their final recommendation on this, uh, and they would love to okay. hear everything that you found. Okay, great. Uh, okay, if I take a moment, I know I asked this, <laughs> this question so many times. Uh, you know, they're actually going to jump on our Zoom, but I think I might be able to hold them in our waiting room for like 10, 15 seconds as they, you 10, know, they, uh, yeah, okay. they connect to audio and all of that. So you got a real quick second. Okay. We'll be right back after this quick break. 
One of the challenges candidates face when trying to prep for case interviews is using old cases that are from case books that everyone has been using since 1995. If you're interested in up-to-date cases with real-time solutions that include level one, level two, and level three answers, and over 500 of them, you can check it out at managementconsulted.com. In addition, for a free taster, we have every month a free case of the month. So make sure that you log on, grab that, and get started today. Great. Uh, so I think the recommendation here today would be to uh, go, go ahead and uh, switch over uh, to the uh, to subscription model. Um, so, uh, what, what, uh, so, so the goal here really is to maintain the double digit growth rate, you know, for our company going forward. I think, you know, to really inject some of the vitality, uh, we do need to sort of switch over, switch over to a new system. Uh, but some of the, the risks that we identified earlier is that if we do stick with uh, sort of the high uh, upfront fee and sort of the low you know, annual maintenance fee small going forward, we actually won't be able to achieve that target. A way to address that uh, will be to uh, fiddle with some of the assumptions that we use, such as uh, instead of having a one-time fee, we can have an annual subscription fee uh, for, our, for our software going forward, as well as perhaps increasing some of the annual revenue uh, through maintenance and other value-add services that we can charge uh, from the subscription model. I think the next step will be to tease out you know, what those numbers could be. Uh, you know, how, how willing our customers will be to accept those numbers, uh, you know, going forward as well as, you know, how ready the, the market is. Um, might, be, might make sense for our company to provide some additional market studies, uh, you know, for our clients going forward. Right. Ooh, you're done. You can take a breath. Oh, wow. That's, uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, um, you did great. Good job under pressure. I know it's much for everybody watching. It is so much tougher to be under the gun and have a hundred people yeah. watch you. So everyone give Pascal a round of applause because <laughs> Thank you. Um, he just jumped in and this is a brave thing to do. So kudos to that. Um, I would say uh, this is a good experience for you because um, just in general, when we're in an interview setting, uh, we are in kind of a fight or flight mode, right? Um, this is a great exercise for you and I'm so happy you did it because you can reflect on this and you can think what happened when I was in a high pressure situation. So I'd love to hear from you um, what happened that might have not happened when you're practicing with a friend or even in a one-on-one -on -one coaching environment. I would love to hear your feedback as to how you think this went, some areas for improvement and sort of just a reflection right afterwards of, uh, you know, kind of what happened. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, when I was going through the math, it's not difficult math, but there are definitely points where like, I'm staring at the paper and I just like don't remember, you know, where every, all the pieces fit. Like it just completely blank out. And I was just panicking, you know. I, mm -hmm. I think there were some pauses that I took that, that felt a bit longer. And that's that's the reason why I definitely panicked a little bit. And I think that's, um, you know, the pressure really, you know, did get to me uh, in, in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and I think it's just that the conversation didn't flow uh, as, as fluently as it probably would have otherwise because of the pressure. Again, like, I know this is, you know, one of my uh, short staff, like I always, I always get tripped up uh, when, when the pressure is really dialed up. So, so yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah. And uh, is there anything that you uh, going through that and kind of getting stumbled? Uh, I want to hear from you first. Is there anything that you would want to do differently if you got a chance to do it over? Um, I think, I think there's some, uh, there's some elements of uh, paper management, I think, especially when it comes to mm -hmm. the math, uh, having really clear, uh, a good paper management, uh, mm -hmm. would really be something that would, that would have helped, I think. Yeah. Uh, Are you using graph paper right now or, um, blank paper? Blank paper. Yeah. Okay. 
So maybe graph yeah. paper would help. Uh, well, yeah, when you, okay. when you put, so maybe some graph paper would help, especially if paper management is one of those things. And if, if math is something that tends to trip you up, um, we typically like, you know, you can use two sheets of paper. If this is something where the space and having that clarity would very much help you out, invest in some graph paper before divide it up into two categories or divide them up into different boxes or get graph paper with bigger boxes just so you can work with it. Um, and keep your paper more organized. Because one of the things that I think would have helped you through the math, um, and of course we know the math took longer, is um, the same way that you're communicating your case structure to me and I'm trying to write it down, the same way I'm communicating a um, a verbal math problem to you. In school, whenever we had verbal math problems, we would look at it and then we would write it down in math terms, right? And so don't forget that. Um, you have a verbal math problem that you're trying to put down in equations. Um, so make that be your goal as you're listening to it. Um, if you miss some piece of information, you know, as you're recapping it to me and whatever, um, make sure that you have it very clear to you because there might've been a part where it wasn't clear to you exactly what the equations were because when we have a verbal math problem, it's okay. So we have a sentence. How do we turn that into an equation? Right? So keep that with your same goal um, so that when you're recapping it to me, you know exactly what equation you're solving and you know that you and I are both on the same page because if you heard something or you interpreted something differently than me and you don't clarify it with me, all of a sudden I think you don't know how to do the math versus you just didn't hear the question correctly. Um, so during that recap, make sure that you're, um, you know, you're making sure that that is, that is clear. Um, quickly, before we run out of time, I do want to go through the entire uh, structure. So on the background, I think you did a great job. Um, I think you kept it to a minute, which was great. Uh, case and objective, um, you know, the clarifying questions. Uh, Time-wise, um, you were at about a minute 25. Um, and the questions you asked me, um, I think you could have gone a little bit deeper with them. And I would love to know why um, you're asking these questions. Um, that would have helped a lot just for more context. And, you know, you could have taken a second to ask me uh, more nuanced questions if you wanted. Um, you did have a little bit of extra time. Um, I would say overall, you could have slowed down in terms of your speaking, um, not in terms of the doing, but you, I think the doing took a little bit of a longer time. Um, the grand pause, you took about two minutes and seven seconds. So you're, you were right on the mark for how long it took. Um, the game plan took you about three minutes to explain, even though you were speaking very quickly. Um, one thing for your structure that I think uh, would be very helpful is uh, in terms of your boxes, um, I would say you want to think about it on the three tier level, the top, top objective. This is what we're trying to solve. Here are the four categories that I'm going to look at, um, three or four categories. And ideally, we want to keep it to four categories, not three. Um, so three or four, you know, those four categories and then go down each list, because like you saw, as I'm explaining a problem to you, it's harder to follow along. So especially over zoom, you want to make sure that everyone is able to follow along. You want to make sure your interviewer knows what the top line is, knows what different boxes to expect. If it's going to be messy so that I'm not asking questions on data point three here, wait, is he going to cover this later on? That's not my thought. I'm very present and I'm there with you and I'm able to follow along each category. And I would say for a structure, um, the structure wasn't, as you know, I asked you more questions, you probably found a couple more things. And this became very much a um, revenue growth 
um, market growth type of problem. So, you know, customers was one competition came out. Um, so overall the buckets that you, I like the idea of having the buckets of, you know, existing product lines and new opportunities. Um, I didn't mind that as a mini structure uh, for you to think about, um, how you're going to bucket them, but you know, Ex you know, with our existing product, how do we increase price and quantity? Great revenue. Um, we talked about the market. We talked about competition. We talked about, you know, different customers, what their preferences are. So there were different areas that we could have looked at um, that would have came up with a more MISI type of structure because we talked about a few, but it wasn't comprehensive enough as we saw with the direction the case went later on. Um, yeah. So I would say in terms of structuring, uh, there are some exercises, you know, I would go through, um, if you have access to the management consulted website, we have structuring drills. I think that would be a really great idea for you to do that. You can look in the case library, just read the case or have somebody read the case to you and then come up with a comprehensive tr structure and check it on what the level two answer would be. Since you have done so many cases, I want you to be prepared for the final round interview, not just the passing interview. So level three is all right. Let's try to get the level four answer where it's a fully comprehensive structure in place. And um, I don't know if you have any questions on that because um, yeah, as we went along, did you kind of see where there were gaps in your case structure? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. We talked a little bit, I would say the creative case questions, um, I kept, you kept asking me for time and I just wanted you to throw it off the top of your head. Typically with the math or if there was something super complex that required an, a longer structure, I might um, give you a pause. But in an interview, the way I was treating this is the way that I was interviewed. Um, nope, just off the top of your head, off the top of your head. So I would get used to just um, spewing things off the top of your head. Um, as you're going through, you could write down on the side a quick structure. Um, but for the first one, you know, is what do we have to consider? You said there were, there's, you know, benefits and there's costs. Did that, did you really need that time to think about benefits and costs? Or you knew that you were going to think about benefits and costs? Cause it felt like you did. Cause once I pressured you to answer it, you answered those questions. Um, you didn't mm -hmm. need that pause, which is something that I want you to acknowledge as well. Once I pressured you and I didn't give you that time, you were still able to do so. So do we really need the pause? Or do we need to trust ourselves a bit more? Makes sense. Yeah. Um, I would say with the case closing, because we talked a little bit about the quantitative and we can go back through, but I just want to make sure that we go through everything. And the case closing, um, I think you caught yourself um, as you started speaking. Um, uh, we want to always start off with a quick recap. Um, you know, I said the CEO walked in. He's a new person. Um, the last time we saw them was kickoff. They gave us the problem and then we went off to work and we haven't seen this guy since. So everything that we did in our case, he doesn't know about because he's busy running the company and he hired you to take care of that information for him. So he needs to be caught up real quick. So a quick way is just being like a quick recap. Here's what we were brought in to do. Here's the problem. Here's the goal um, to do. So here's what we did. We looked at a couple different things. Um, one thing that we focused on was looking at this new revenue opportunity and what's your recommendation? on that? Was it a yes or no? Do we go with this? Do we not go with this? We want a firm, direct answer as to yes or no. Um, do we continue with this? Do we not continue with this? And then next steps after we decide to, um, and you said, you know, this is a good opportunity. 
if we consider these following things, I would say, yes, I think this is a good opportunity because although over 10 years, we're going to see a decrease in revenue, we're going to see an increase in quantity. And I would like to explore other options of, you know, in, upselling, um, looking at different verticals that we can enter into with this larger customer base, because we've explored, you know, a new revenue segment. We haven't explored price or transaction fees. Um, we haven't explored any other quantity options. So I think, with, you know, first we had 10 customers, now we have 15 customers. We've seen a 50% increase in customers. That's pretty significant. What can we do to utilize and maximize our opportunities with this new customer base that we weren't able to if we stuck with the old model? Um, so I think you covered that a little bit in the next steps, but I think having a clear structure of, and you know, maybe just practicing having something on the side where as you're going through your recommendations with your cases, you have quick recap. Here's what we did. Um, Here's my recommendation, yes or no, based on what we looked into into the case, your reasons why, and next steps moving forward. I would say one more thing to just consider, um, because this has been coming up more and more in cases, is the risks involved with your case. Mm -hmm. um, especially when we're considering financial services, there's been a lot of regulation that's been added on. So saying something quickly about SEC regulations, making sure that there's no consumer data, you know, infringement, whatever it is, you want to make sure that those things are covered because especially in this industry after 2008, especially there's been heavy regulation in the lending market, in the financial services market. So those are some things that you also just want to mention um, as a, as a, this is all great, but let's make sure we don't forget about the government. Um, and, right. uh, you know, let's, let's make sure we don't accidentally shoot ourselves in the foot there. Awesome. Yeah. Any, Thanks, yeah, of course, any, any more questions? And also that part when I was pressuring you, sometimes I'll do that on your zeros. And I kind of noticed you were stumbling on your math. So I wanted to make sure I asked you that question. It wasn't wrong. I just wanted you to make sure that you knew it was right. And you didn't just take, okay. um, you know, my pressure as a way to give in. So good job on that and good job on powering through. I want to make sure that you did get through it and you did um, and you got the right answers. Took a second, but you got there. So congratulations on that and, you know, pushing forward and not giving up through all of that. Great. Thank you. Thanks for yeah. the feedback. Of course. That case was challenging, interesting, and exactly representative of what you would get in a BCG interview. But if NARE was more challenging than peer partners that you worked with, that should be something you take note of. In fact, you might want to consider hiring us to be a case coach as you're thinking about preparing for case interviews. We give you honest, unfettered feedback so that you know exactly what you need to work on to succeed in the interview. If you'd like to book a session, you can just click the link in the show notes. If you loved this episode, please review it and also share it. We hope to have you back for a future episode of Strategy Simplified.